0: We're a small part of that intelligence that is nature, that's what I mean. I mean, I don't think we're separate from nature, but our intelligence is is so often humbled if we really look at the bigger picture and the forces that really are at hand, you know.
1: Hello, and welcome to Farm On, the podcast. I'm Joe Phillips. Um, when I told my friend Annie Stone about the podcast and that I wanted to find interesting people who are doing farming to talk to she said that I should talk to her mother and I'm so glad I did um, because I think it turned out to be a really special conversation Um, since 1979 Barbara Stone has used the images of polar bears as a personal symbol in her artwork she's done research in the Yukon she's uh, she's got artwork included in a collection of the White House and the Smithsonian. And uh, she's traveled all over the world collecting inspiration for her very unique uh, kind of art. Um, She's also a really talented storyteller who um, conducts uh, workshops called uh, Story Circles, where people um, learn how to tell their own stories from their own um, life uh, experiences. Um, For this conversation, I wanted to hear um, Barbara's personal stories about her current life. Uh, She lives in a remote um, part of northern Colorado in the grasslands of Colorado where she raises sheep, uh, llamas, geese, turkeys, chickens, and other animals that just wander onto the farm, as you'll hear about. And... um, But the thing about Barbara is that, um, what fascinates me is that she's becoming well-versed in what she calls nonverbal communication with the natural world. So um, without further ado, here's Barbara. We chatted on the phone um, while her daughter Annie was preparing dinner in the background. Enjoy.
0: I've always been fortunate as an artist because I've been able to barter quite a bit so I've there's been a, a my two lives of dovetail pretty well that way so my country vet who actually has spent pretty much time here um, I got to know him really well and he's really a teacher he loves teaching so um, I learned just enough with his help that it I got to a point where I could call him and just over the phone get answers to most things I needed. And um, and he would even help me notice that there were certain thresholds. Like like this last spring, um, one of my youths was having trouble with a lamb. And um, so I've birthed six lambs here on this property in two years. So this mom... Um, was the first time it looked like there was a problem, and just understanding because I have done doula training and then my own experienced birthing, mm. like almost forty years ago. Okay. But I could yeah. tell, I could tell that um, from the the time she started labor, it, the it, the labor was diminishing rather than stepping up, and I kind of thought mm-hmm. there was something wrong. So, um, so I I just um, called called Larry the. The country vet out here mm-hmm. and said, I, "I think there's something going on here with Onyx, and um, wonder if you'd come over." And he said, "Boy, I'd like to, but I'm in the middle of a surgery, and I can't, I can't break free." Mm-hmm. And I
2: said, mm-hmm.
0: "Okay, well, um, okay, well, when you're through, could you give a call? Because I was really just thinking, well, maybe she'll yeah. hold on, and he'll still get here, you know." And so yeah. then I'm by myself. I hi- hang uh-huh. up, you know, I'm not on the phone anymore. And then I just thought, I'm just going to do this. So I I had a sleeveless shirt on and I just came in and put a, tri- a tridine you know, um,
3: mm-hmm. iodine. That's and for, different, uh and, to uh, sterilize.
0: Yeah. And I just poured it my whole arm like from, you know, like just saturated my fingertips all the way to my shoulder. And I just thought, OK, uh-huh. I'm just going to. See what's going on in there. So, so uh, the first thing I I thought I would hurt her, but as soon as I got my fingertips and the opening, you Mm -hmm. know, her vagina, it was just so Mm -hmm. gooey and swollen, Mm -hmm. and she couldn't Mm -hmm. even feel that my hand was there. And I thought, oh, well, well, gee, this Mm -hmm. is good, you know. So I reached in and I could feel like the back of um, its skull. You know, the, wow. I could just got my hand in and there it cupped my fingers and there was the back wow. of the skull. And oh my gosh, I could reach forward and I could feel like like the nose and then I reached down and I could wow. feel that the legs were in fact in the right position from the book that I had, you know.
3: Did it, it feel like it was alive?
0: Yeah, well, I, did I, it, I didn't you know tell? for sure because I could just feel the shape, yeah. but everything was in the right place, you know. So, so um, yeah. I did call back and I said, I just got to ask you. This is the way. This is what I'm feeling. And he said, "Well, maybe, maybe she just needs a little help. Why don't you take one of the hooves, and bring it forward, forward a couple inches, and then get the other four forefoot, you know, and pull it a little, and just just work it out left and right until it's <laughs> past there." And I thought, "It's," and I so oh, "I'm trying, I- and it's working," you know, and.
3: Are you holding the phone with your other hand, or how's well, that? Well,
0: he didn't. I, mean, I, couldn't, how I couldn't really. That work? I really couldn't stay on the phone. No, when I right. when I felt back there, I called him and I said, I felt the head. You know, I said, well, where were the feet? Yeah. And so then he said, okay, well, just help her. I gotta go. You know, hangs up the phone. So, right. <laughs> and then she's. I'm pulling it to the point that I see this um, this nose, coming through. But the pressure of the vaginal walls pull back the mouth skin, so it's hmm. like this strange, gris- like grimace, you know, like the stretched, mm. the lips stretched tight. So it's a little row of teeth, wow. and um, hmm. and oh my gosh, it's really happening. So then, <laughs> so then I just um, took both both legs in my hand, both hooves in my hand, and just started pulling. But then it got mm-hmm. about, so her head was through. And I've got, it's enough into the process that I knew I couldn't stop. Like, oh my gosh, yeah. I got to keep pulling. Yeah, once
3: you're rolling, you got to, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, because I didn't want to. And
3: it. Was, the, was mom doing all right? Was she kicking and well, screaming? Was she, she, was, calm? she
0: was just in labor and that sort of distracted look, mm-hmm. you know, maybe like glazed mm-hmm. eyes, you know, just, just like she'd been through mm-hmm. the whole process, but but um but I had to keep, I figured I couldn't let it stop because I didn't want her lungs to be compressed or, mm-hmm. you know. So, it's amazing amount of strength came over me to just keep a constant pull. And I understood mm-hmm. what they mean by pulling a lamb because literally, I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, I think I've seen in cartoons where like somebody's got, Mm-hmm. their feet up against the back of the legs and they're just given their all mm-hmm. i was surprised leverage, how much yeah yeah how much um strength i had to <laughs> sustain in order to do this gentle mm-hmm. pull and then and then it was out and then everything mm-hmm. fell into perfect order so i just stood back and watched it and um the other what do you
3: mean it fell into perfect order well like the, the
0: the lamb was down for a while, and. Um, well, let's see. Yeah, it was down on the ground, and then it just seemed to right away um, pull itself up, so it's standing. And then, and mm-hmm. then the mother, and then the mother stepped and started to lick it, and she walked in a mm-hmm. certain like a half circle. And in the process of her movement and her head turning, she nudged it right away towards the nipple, and you know, That's I amazing. thought. I'd seen that with two other lambs, and I just, for the first time, of course, I didn't know that it was a pattern. It was an instinctual reaction. I thought it was just kind of random that the the lamb got up there. But the same Mm. steps that the other ones took. Like... Like oh, really? magical movement the way they
3: walk around like that
0: yeah like the same step i bet if you i bet if i'd taken a video of each time it happened mm-hmm. it, it it would have been the movement the movement would have been wow. consistent either even though the use changed Do you know what i mean like mm-hmm. something so mm-hmm. deep Some in nature kind of
2: yeah.
0: yeah and then yeah. um and then she cleaned it and um I took it and weighed it. It was 9 pounds and I I called the so I called called the vet. He said check back in later, you know. So I called and I said, "9-pound girl." And he said <laughs> and he said, "Well, you've really entered a new dimension, now, haven't you?" Like he and I had mm-hmm. worked Did uh, you
3: feel that way?
0: Yeah, it was really it was one <laughs> of the most empowering things, you know, like having mm-hmm. Annie um was such a human perspective, even mm-hmm. though it was like sort of mind-blowing and it was mm-hmm. one with the universe experience. It was completely positive. But me mm-hmm. being part of the process of another birth was, um I can't, I yeah. just don't know the emotion, but it was so empowering. Like, wow, if I can do yeah. this, there's a lot of things in anything. my life
3: I can do, you know? <laughs> Well, because isn't the, so much of it just the getting over the fear threshold because yeah,
0: um, good point. I know, yeah. you
3: know, when I was talking to my wife the other night, uh, I was telling her about our goats that we have at our little farm. And, uh, you know, the reason we have the goats is we want to start milking them and to, in order to milk them, we need to breed them and then they have a yeah. kid yeah. and we have to right. learn all about labor and um, childbirth and all the risks involved and how... Kids do die occasionally. Yeah. And, um, yeah. But we want to do it safely, and we want to be well informed, and you know, and and she's always the great skeptic, and always kind of keeps me in check when I have crazy ideas like <laughs> having dairy dairy goats in the city of Chicago. And yeah, uh, she's like, well, who's going to be the midwife? Like, how how do you know you're going to know how to do this? And I just. I mean, I just tell her I don't know that I know how to do yeah. this. I am learning along with everybody else. I am learning along with the students, right? And I am trying to learn from masters, and I am reading and, but knowing that there is always going to be some complication that I won't be prepared for.
0: Well, you know, and, um, yeah, and I think it's 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 so much like everything else. It's like your intention, you know, because hmm. because. Um, Well, I've from moving here, I've um, I've learned in kind of unexpected ways. Like again, I'm not, I don't usually take an academic approach. In fact, Mm -hmm. the um, Colorado State University, that's just twenty miles away, has a huge ag school and um, veterinary Mm -hmm. college. You know, and but again, I really learn best with the most direct thing, and so. Mm-hmm. approach. So the first friend I can say that I actually made out here was a a um young Peruvian sheep herder. And so hmm. um, and, and I don't know, I just well basically he was 24-7 in a little trailer with twelve hundred sheep just um grazing out hmm. the different cornfields of the farms around here. It's kind of typical in Colorado. And I didn't speak enough Spanish to really connect with him, but there's some mm-hmm. kind of um, just comfort that I, just watching him and understanding that that was really his whole life to just be with sheep, just kind of gleaned mm-hmm. something about um, the naturalness of of
2: mm-hmm.
0: interfacing and just just making your lifestyle be aligned with um, with animals. Mm-hmm. You know, and
3: mm-hmm. right, and I think it's well. It's funny because now um, there's so much information available. Like you can, yeah, right. learn the you can learn the technical side of raising animals or gardening or yeah, right. Whatever you want, like you can watch videos for free about just on any topic that you want. But um, but yeah, like you said, I mean. Unless you're spending time and and watching how things change through the seasons and yeah. getting to know the behavior of things, um, you just, there's no other way to learn it, right?
0: Yeah, and it, there, is, there is some real gut level instinct too. Like when you just know something's not right, you know, and mm-hmm. I've made a lot of false alarm calls to the vet, you know, where he would say... You know, you you said that, you said that this swelling was quite profound. I got to tell you, it's really not because I can't even tell which sheep you're talking about.
2: <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you
0: know, and um, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Like he he kind of scold me, like you know your mm-hmm. your thoughts and your emotions are in the way here because you know you're mm-hmm. you're you call me too quick. So mm-hmm. so now okay. I know the things that won't wait 24 hours like like i feel really confident now that there's some things that an animal will die like especially sheep will die within 24 hours but Mm -hmm. other things if they make it 24 hours then everything's really going to be okay and they have faith in their process because more often than not i really understand now that that most things heal themselves you know
3: that's true well the other thing i want to ask you about too is um Early on, you mentioned that we're something about the weather. And I oh, can't remember exactly? Yeah,
0: what I um, I, well, some of the biggest influencers I can see that I share with everything else that lives here. Well, one time, one time, I had a friend that was an astrologer, and she said, "It is a long time ago," and she said, "What do you think is the the biggest uh, the the biggest?" Thing that affect what? What do you think most affects human nature? She asked me, and then mm-hmm. I thought, as an astrologer, she's probably thinking, you know, the the sun's entrance, mm-hmm. you know, and something's r- correlation. in retrograde. Yeah, exactly, relationship to the planets. Yeah. But I said, well, what do you think, Leah? And she said, weather. And she said, mm. you know, people people don't really notice if they're if they're a little off one day or maybe they're grumpy and they don't mm-hmm. necessarily look at how they're being affected by weather itself you know because we have the convenience mm-hmm. of our cars and our electric heating and all the things we can control our mm-hmm. life but it's still the most influential thing and so at the time i just really didn't get it but living now when um like i start thinking about about winter in july because i if i'm going to fix a fence i got to think about what's going to happen when the snow drifts against this fence or what's going to happen when the tumbleweeds blow and knock over the gate you know because the force of the wind carrying the tumbleweeds will make a wall that literally push a fence down so okay well they're going to start happening in september so let's think about you know like like um
3: You've got a it, lot of work to do starting in July.
0: Yeah, be living in respect of
3: um, yeah.
0: the conditions that the seasons are going to bring. You mentioned seasons earlier. And then
2: yeah. the
0: fact that, like, to realize that I'm influenced by that, and not only me, but that's one thing I have in common with everything else that lives here, like the turkeys, the chickens, mm-hmm. and, you know, how, how the, the cold wind or snow feels... Feels on the this the soft short short haired um, mm-hmm. cover on the goat's ear, you know, like
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I can feel that now, yeah. and and um, yeah. and so like I I share that I, I can read that they anticipate what's coming, like the llama and alpaca will move toward into they'll let themselves in the barn and and a storm happens mm-hmm. later in the day it's sort of like mm, like um they
3: anticipate it
0: yeah and and that's something that doesn't that we're connected that connects us to, cuz we're enduring it together and um mm-hmm. i think i think i I've, I've really um enjoyed understanding that i can i can under i can um, um Lessen my self, sense of separation between things mm-hmm. by looking for these larger forces and understanding that mm-hmm. we share the effects of those things, and um, you know what I mean. Rather than
3: I think yeah, I know, I know exactly what you mean. I, yeah. I totally know what you mean. I mean this this winter is the first time I've had mammals through the winter, and we had a pretty nasty cold yeah. snap a couple of weeks ago where it was in the single digits and. Uh, pretty nasty wind chills for a few days and I would go and check on the goats and like you said they they had like a little bit of frost on their tails you know and I started panicking like oh my god <laughs> they're going to have frostbite <laughs> yeah. on their tails <laughs> you know oh and I just it's like the sense of guilt and shame and panic and yeah Um and I, it caused me to spend many hours out in those temperatures too, where I couldn't feel my feet, I couldn't feel my fingers, and I'm trying to re-insulate their their house, and I'm, yeah, you know, trying to make little little adjustments to in, in, help them out. And I wasn't complaining about winter at that point. I just felt like I was struggling like they were to make it through the respect, you know. Yeah,
0: and that awareness beyond yourself probably helps you feel more sensitive to seeing a homeless person and too than you may have noticed oh, before. You absolutely. know, like, you know what I mean? Like when you take for sure when, when you when you really start uh, dissolving the separations in the elements of your immediate life then it's, mm-hmm. it continues to drop, that those continue to disappear beyond ourselves and our immediate life. And I think that's a real important thing about finding these larger contexts, like whether is one... And then what was the other one I was... Oh, for me right now um, is this whole fertility issue because I have mm-hmm. a, a ram that's had one generation of lambs, but now... For genetic sake, I have to separate him so that he doesn't impregnate his direct relatives. So, because of that, mm-hmm. I, I really i am thrown into a whole way of thinking about responsibility in that. You know, because,
2: mm-hmm.
0: well, there's a the genetic part, but then there's also like, well, what do you do with more lambs? Right away, I think, well, I mm-hmm. guess I have to sell them because I can't support an unlimited growth. I just don't have that much right. space or pasture. So then I have to think, oh, well, anybody that buys them is going to see them as meat. Okay, so now that's a reality that I have to be aware of. <clears throat> you know, like, mm-hmm. so f- the, the the care of the fer- fertility aspect, I mean, the vet mm-hmm. could castrate them or I could just keep mm-hmm. them separate or I I have to be realistic about what that really is and again it helps me I I belong to this group called Dining for Women where um, women get together and instead of going out to eat they have a potluck and then they donate the money they would have spent going out to eat mm. and to send to some um, other country where some there's a need and so mm. they're really big cool on idea. yeah it's it's the the one I went to last was raising money for Goats in Niger, and so mm-hmm. I'm thinking of it from the point of view of having goats and sheep. Like, okay, now mm-hmm. wait a minute. There's overgrazing. There's 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 a drought in this area, and they're sending them goats. Like, yeah, you know, let's think like about they have bigger that.
3: problems going on. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, well, well, no, but I mean, if if they don't have a well to bring up water, and would they want goats mm. for milk because can they really produce that and can they really mm. support what I, what I know is in this photograph of water. these people and yeah, and here's this, this picture of these people in Niger, that's kind of the pitch to have people donate that particular night for this community there. And so there's a herd mm-hmm. of, of goats um, like in the, in the distance in there's probably several hundred, you know, and, I'm thinking, mm-hmm. you know, do they really need goats? Because those 300 goats are going to be 900 goats in a year and a
2: half. You know, like, <laughs> right, right. you know what I mean? Like, well, let's right, just yeah.
0: really think about the human, yeah. the, the mammal condition of the world. And, you know, mm-hmm. I would I would have never had that perception if I hadn't dealt mm-hmm. with, with um, like meat, the idea of meat, mm-hmm. you know, and. My decisions around that. Well, it makes that. you
3: realize how you're how you're connected to everything, even if they're all the way in Nigeria or yeah. anywhere else, halfway across the world. You you're connected just because we're all caring for living things, and that's there's a there's a like you said, there's language.
0: Well, and about it, 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 and the it, language is
3: about just just kind of common common sense, I guess maybe.
0: Well, yeah, and there's a there's a threshold of sustainability, you know. Mm-hmm. and and the fertility you know the 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 fact that that animals do procreate so well and it's it it again it isn't a it isn't like an intellectual decision it's just what happens mm-hmm. in nature and then really mm-hmm. really understanding what that is you know and i mean that's that's a huge yeah. one for me, and that's one of those bigger contexts like creativity mm-hmm. itself, creation itself you know and decisions made around that and like uh, my life in relationship to that and i mean it's it's and everyone in the world makes decisions based on those things and so it's a unifier Mm -hmm. you know it makes me feel much more part of other things because because these things i can't avoid just by thinking about something different for you know what I mean? I can't just place my now, mentality you know, in another area. You
3: know. And well, it's funny. Like as you're saying that, it's funny to me. The irony is that um, you're living out in a pretty remote area. I'm guessing. I mean, you you probably don't have neighbors right next door, and I don't know. Do you see people on a daily basis, or do you spend well, most days?
0: Not really, because the. I'm in the middle of a section, and all the land around is um, is farmed for corn, and so mm-hmm. um, and so I don't really have much in common with the person, um, farmer Neil Neil Fletcher, mm-hmm. who who um, who does that with the land because he doesn't really have mm-hmm. animals. In fact, there's really not. There's not many people around that have chickens. What's interesting about mm-hmm. that though is that um I've um I've learned about predatory species because they're always around because either they smell the chickens or the chicken feed, I think. And so mm-hmm. I'm kind of the hot spot. I mean there there's in the trees <laughs> just south of me there's there's usually three owls that I can see. That just sit and mm-hmm. watches. Everybody shows up like at chore time, and it might just be mm-hmm. that when the feed bag gets opened, it it puts out an aroma, or just the activity mm-hmm. of the birds and all the noises. But um well, but, because
3: if they're if they're hanging out around cornfields, there's nothing going on there. There's, exactly. There's yeah. no diversity. There's just corn.
0: Yeah. That one time, a neighbor called up and, and said. Um, that she'd, she'd gone, driven by, and she said, um, hey, you know, your new lamb's out out of the fence. And I said, I don't have any new lambs." She said, yes, you do. And I go out, and there's a lamb that showed up. And I'd, there's no oh, other sheep in. within miles. I mean, wow. and a guinea hen showed up and then brought its little friends, so and I have three guinea hen, um just... Mm. And a turkey showed up and just moved in. It's it, like... Um, I, and um, so from from the point of view of the species that I have that are prey species, I've mm-hmm. really come to understand now predators. We're mm-hmm. bef- like as an artist, a Colorado artist, I used to incorporate coyotes in my work, you know, or ravens or kind of Colorado mm-hmm. style. But now I'm mm-hmm. kind of ashamed because... I knew nothing about those. I just saw them as visual <laughs> symbols, you know. But like having chickens, mm. I see that them now through the eyes of chickens, and I feel like I really mm-hmm. know something about. I really have been in relationship with coyotes, you know. And I've mm-hmm. this this summer um, the most the most impressive creature that showed up was a chicken hawk that that um, mm. I was um, actually it was butchering chickens and. There's always.
3: Oh yeah, I was going to ask you if you actually um, if you actually eat the chickens or.
0: Yeah, you butcher uh, your own and eat them. Well, I didn't used to butcher them, but this last year, I butchered all my my whole um, set of sixty for three families. So for myself and two Uh other families, but
3: but the first time you'd done it.
0: Well, I did. I did. I learned how to do it because one had gotten its um, foot kind of caught. So it was kind of the mm-hmm. humane thing to do. And then mm-hmm. um, then I I bought, a, um, I think, 100 chicks to raise for meat with the idea that mm-hmm. I would um, just take them to the processor. But frankly, it was so dramatic to take them to the processor that I decided mm-hmm. I felt better about just doing it myself. And so it's mm-hmm. really, it's a, it's a lot of work, but at this point it's kind of streamlined. Actually, Annie... I taught her, and we've had a couple of her times here devoted to, oh, to getting chickens for the freezer. But but it was so amazing with this chicken hot. Like I think it could maybe it could smell the blood, or it might have heard the chickens squawking when I picked them up. Oh, and I mm-hmm. have I have Buddhist friends that taught me a prayer that I can say, you know, and do kind of a ritual as I carry them mm-hmm. to butcher them. Which they okay. they the- well they said they said it's like um, it's basically having a giving a blessing so that they'll uh, um, evolve or what's the word reincarnate into a higher form. <laughs> but whether I ah. do that or uh, I did that the first time and then I kind of lost track of that because I'm not really mm-hmm. a practicing huh. Buddhist. But when I picked uh-huh. each one up, I just thank it for spending its whole life with me because basically they do i mean from two days old as you probably know on so, I so say, here's a
3: question for you then because like as a as a i'm a i'm very interested in buddhism and i read about it a lot i wouldn't call myself a buddhist i'm a, what do you call it i'm a,
0: novitiate novitiate or
3: a big fan yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah i'm a novice yeah <laughs> um but uh I've been working on this essay lately about harm, because one of the big tenets is do no harm, or do, it's not, people say it's do no harm, but it's really more like do as little harm as possible. And I I really have a hard time reconciling that as as a farmer, you know, because I think if you're raising food, you're... You know, you're you're harming living things at some point. You know, so how do how do you reconcile that? Well, again,
0: like the respect the respect issue. Mm-hmm. Like you mm. know, I've I, I've companioned several people through that kind of hospice period I had for a few years that I mentioned. That mm-hmm. kind of got me into farming, and um, I I I don't I don't really. Regret the deaths so much, I mean, my own mm-hmm. loss and grief is one thing, but death itself, you know I had some pretty early life experiences with death uh, that were that were really um kind of ecstatic, you know, like no fear <laughs> of death after this, you know, some real okay big um, experiences that that aren't mysterious but definitely took away my sense of death as being a negative or ominous thing hmm. you know like mm-hmm. I think loss is one th- the emotion of loss and grief is one thing but death itself I I um, don't have a... hmm. in fact that's hmm. kind of what I share with the country vet here we had a lot of conversations about peace with that just in observing it but but mm-hmm. suffering of an animal is a whole different story, you know, like
3: right and yeah.
2: so
0: and so I guess I guess i I do anything to prevent suffering, although that's a relative mm-hmm. thing, I know, but um death itself in the in the right. and I think I actually have a friend that was a famous Japanese photographer of kind of the premier um, bear photographer of Japan who was a pretty good friend and hmm. He was what's the name Mishio Hoshino and he he okay. was he was um, he wrote a a book in in Japan that he believes that um, current human thought sort of misses the point about our connection to things because of our diet because the convenience of being able to buy food and especially meat mm-hmm. makes us um, I- ignore or avoid the fact that mm-hmm. we're part of the food chain everything is you know the mm-hmm. prey predator cycle so mm-hmm. he wrote this book that, um, that he felt that humans had really kind of lost touch because we, th- we have the convenience with our thinking to believe that we've, we're free of that that we're not really part oh, of yeah. that Everything else Absolutely. is, but we're not. And so, so he 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 led a um, film crew to this Kamchatka wilderness in Russia, and during that trip, he was killed and eaten by a grizzly bear. So he immediately oh my God. he immediately became a legend in Japan because he had just written a book, and then he's like such wow. a hero because then he actually exemplifies that wow. with his very life, and I think. Wow. I think um, there's something that I was really kind of excited to hear that because
3: mm-hmm.
0: I, I think there is a real basic truth, truth to that. And I think mm-hmm. I think then like sharing life experience, I don't know, I don't know. At first mm-hmm. it was kind of creepy to, to butcher a chicken. But there's mm-hmm. some piece I have with it now that, if I'm going to eat meat at all, um,
2: mm-hmm.
0: I'd prefer that I had had a relationship with that and that I'd mm-hmm. understood through that, that that eating of it, just like the chicken's eating of whatever it mm-hmm. eats, you know, is all mm-hmm. somehow fits in that cycle, and that I'm not immune to How that, to eat, you,
3: know? you know. And it changes your whole understanding of of consumption and... Yeah. And uh, what to do with the flesh, you know? <laughs>
0: I know it makes <laughs> you, you be do? smart. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like just just dealing with um, the remains is just everything mm-hmm. becomes a, a, a decision of responsibility, you know. And if you never oh go God, down yeah. that, if you never go down that road, it's easier to just stay in your head and rationalize so many things mm-hmm. about life, you know,
3: like. Um, well, I mean, I, I I teach children who I think are very worldly, um, thoughtful, intelligent children, and they still ask me about the one chicken that we butchered at school. Oh, huh? And at, they want to know all the details about it, like all the the nitty gritty, like how sharp was the knife, and <laughs> really, where did you cut huh? it, and yeah. And the younger the children, the more detail they want, it seems. Um, But I still am surprised by how many kids just don't make the connection between that and their chicken sandwich that they get at. Yeah, right. Wherever, or, you know, their chicken breast that they get at Whole Foods. They just don't make that connection.
0: Well, you know, but in yeah. and it's it's so much about marketing and commercialism and oh, capitalism, yeah. you know. Because I have these friends who have these two little girls, and and so the mom will always say, "Do you want a juice box?" And I'm
2: like, <laughs>
0: like, whoa, <laughs> right. you're gonna they're gonna eat the box, or what do you mean? Are we talking about the box? Are we talking <sighs> about the juice? Are we talking about the food it came from? Or are we talking about nutrition? Are we talking about they're thirsty right. or? But all she says yeah. is, "Do you want a juice box?" She doesn't relate it to their yeah. to their bodies or to nutrition or, you know, yeah. I, I, and it's just For well. How again, many
3: laboratories is, made the chemicals yeah. that are in that juice box?
0: Is the box recyclable? Yeah. Or you know, you know, yeah. I just get a kick out of again um, linguist the the just the yeah. semantics of everything and how it how it forms our thinking about these natural processes you know are but now now that then just to there's one thing i'd like to tell you about that i think is um
3: sure
0: been really interesting to me and that's communication between the different species and myself and them that i think is probably okay. the underlying purpose in what i'm doing is just really to understand nonverbal communication and and um okay. and i I think that's kind of a longing that people might have when they when they want to work with the land and um mm-hmm. you know like like you said, the surprises with plants as well mm-hmm. as birds and mammals because um i've I've been completely humble to use your word earlier too um, mm-hmm. when i've really seen the profound communication that happens so subtly between. Well, my favorite are sheep. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, just just beyond human expression, mm-hmm. you know. And I mm-hmm. I think I think it's really good as a human to be humbled in this thinking that we're sort of at the top, and maybe mm-hmm. this idea that we're the what's the word the caretakers, because sure. it's so the reciprocal. Stewards,
3: right to make it a yeah, biblical stewards.
0: thing. Yeah, and because mm-hmm. it's it's completely reciprocal and it's it's only the mm-hmm. limitation of our own cognition that that doesn't appreciate that that we're sustained by every life being that surrounds us just as much as we can pretend to be the 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 ones who are the the ones providing for them only, you know.
3: Well, it goes back to the linguistic kind of idea that you're, you've been bringing up throughout, you know, that um, we've become so sophisticated with language, but now we've, we've learned how to manipulate language so much mm. and make it hyper-intellectual to the point where we're not really saying anything, we're just yeah. kind of dancing <laughs> dancing around, you know? Yeah. I love what you're saying about animals because... I do feel like they can communicate things but it's not on a language kind of plane, right?
0: Well, yeah, a couple of summers ago I had a bee swarm where um I've got two trees mm-hmm. that have honeybees and and I was Yeah. I was walking around the barn so I was I was um on the side away from the trees that have the bees and and I was I don't know bringing water or something and all of a sudden I I felt like slightly nauseous in my, hmm. I felt like there was this electrical charge going up the back of my neck like my hair stood on end and I thought, wow, I'm getting, I've got the flu, you know, I'm sick, you know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden I heard this hum and I look up and there's like this cloud slowly hovering across the, the, <laughs> the, um I didn't even see him and then after I felt this like, visceral experience it Mm -hmm. passed and then I see these this cloud just moving over me and across the corral and I thought Mm -hmm. wow that is powerful I mean it Mm -hmm. you know it it like Mm -hmm. affected my whole electrical system of my body Mm -hmm. before I even know (laughs) what happened And it Mm -hmm. and um and then that's
3: the thing right you have to be open to that kind of stuff or you miss it you know yeah, what I mean? well, like I feel like if well are just kind of going yeah. along and you're not and you're just sort of distracted by everything that's well pulling and, your attention and I,
0: I think you're positioned really well as a writer because you're 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 aware in the way that you're looking for for um details for your writing I mean it it opens hmm. as a as an artist I think I'm positioned well as far as learning mm-hmm. because you know mm-hmm. I've always I've always um, valued awareness you know, because I'm always looking for ideas, you know, I'm always putting together scenarios from my reaction to my world. So, so I'm already pretty open, you know, to be here. But, hmm. And I, th- I think because of that, I, I understand a little bit about the emotional life of these mm-hmm. different species, too. And
2: mm-hmm.
0: I know this is getting kind of long, but I'd like to tell you about when um, I lost... Yeah, go for it. I lost to you and it was a it was really a sad thing because it was a mistake a vet made but I had to just kinda of go through twenty four hours of um the stages of this, this sweet little sheep dying. But um the the breed I have were um this wool breed is I bought from a woman who um had raised a certain blend of different species. So the ones I got from her and their offspring were really pretty much related. So there uh, there was a real connection of friendship between them. So this mm-hmm. little girl, I got her on um, on val- Valentine's Day, so I called her val- Valentine, but Val for short. And then um, mm-hmm. there was one one castrated male sheep that um, was of mm-hmm. this group that I call Norman and he 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 really had a profound connection communication connection with me I surprising things but
2: mm-hmm.
0: but anyway it was so agonizing for her because she had well, she had a cut larynx for uh, the mm-hmm. procedure of it had done wrong so basically um, i think she suffocated from blood in oh, her God. throat but anyway it took it took a while and she um suffered Mm. and they the the sheep all stood around her in a circle and just supported her and so so um they just hung with her Mm -hmm. you know and Mm -hmm. and I would you know do you know do research call other vets do everything you know kind of deal with it call the one that had made the mistake and he was kind of in denial about it and so I was doing everything I could in this kind of Hovering
2: mm-hmm.
0: human kind of um, chaotic mm-hmm. um, sadness, you know, but mm-hmm. there was really nothing mm-hmm. to do. Finally, what happened? She she aspirated. She she like kind of a coughing mm-hmm. s- reaction was so strong that some of her stomach fluids got into her lungs, mm-hmm. and then and then she mm-hmm. immediately died from that. So so mm-hmm. she she lay there and and they just stayed with her in the same kind of mm-hmm. circular thing around them and so it was about 10:30 at night that a friend could come with a pickup and we decided he had a knew someone who had a lot of land that he wanted to just kind of put her out to like where she would mm-hmm. be undisturbed or taken by coyotes or whatever so mm-hmm here we were in the moonlight putting her into the pickup dealing with her wool and just sort of going through the sad reality of mm-hmm. what was going on to dispose of her which is which is another big issue i'm sure it is really for you because there's at least rendering systems here i mean well,
3: that's yeah i mean in the city yeah i mean there's the thing is, no one does this stuff here, yeah. so you're always you're always just in creating it out of nothing. Yeah, you know,
0: really. well, or driving
3: well, a really long distance. <laughs>
0: yeah, well, so you know that that was that the one one thing was the death for 24 hour mm-hmm. period, but then dealing with the carcass legally was a whole mm-hmm. other issue that started as soon as she died. So, well, anyway, the friend kind of helped me take care of that and. And um, I said I wanted to ride out and see where she was going to be, and so I went, we went through the whole process. I got back about 1130 midnight, and I, and I walked, walked to the side of the fence, and I said, uh, Norman, I'm so sorry, because he was close, most closely related to her. And he mm. looked at the last place where she laid. like
3: This is the other sheep.
0: Yeah, the one that was alive, and I said, Norman, wow. I'm so sorry. It was it was really late, like the middle of the night. The yeah. moon was up, and I just walked over. I just went to the side of the fence yeah. and said, I'm so sorry, Norman. And he looked at where she had been, yeah. like, like, oh, yeah. I know who you're talking about, Val, right? right. You know?
3: Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I think you know, it's easy to try to answer. Anthrop- anthropomorphize i have always stumble over that word but it's easy to anthropomorphize animals for lots of human emotions but there are those times where you just notice how they behave and how they notice things and how they are thoughtful compassionate yeah creatures but you know,
0: but he knew, and I mean, he couldn't know mm-hmm. the human word mm-hmm. "sorry." I would have never used that for him. But he understood my empathy, and that reminded mm-hmm. him about her. And and he looked; he tur- turned his head full away over in the direction where they had stood and where she had laid. And I, mm-hmm. I knew, I knew he knew. I knew mm-hmm. he knew that I was recognizing that they were grieving because they'd lost their friend Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. things like that just completely completely (laughs) uh, impressed me you know that why would I think it wouldn't be that way you know what I mean where Mm -hmm. where did I ever get the human idea that that they they, they're even more so for all we know you know
3: that's what that's what fascinates me about talking to people like you and and just learning more about this whole weird little world is that um, I just I feel like I'm learning how to be more human in the process. Yeah, you know, how to be more. Yeah, how to be more kind and.
0: Yeah, and exactly. Listen,
3: listen more, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah. But I really appreciate your time.
0: Yeah, Annie's and still waiting for dinner here. <laughs> we.
3: Oh no! We,
0: no, that's okay.
3: Poor Annie.
0: <laughs> no, no, I think she's she's sitting there smiling, so I think
3: she's okay with it, but good yeah well, well thanks. I'll it's fun to talk to you to yeah. It. yeah, It's really fun, and you mentioned um maybe some photos. I mean, yeah. I know Annie's taken a lot of photos, so yeah. if there are any that you think that would be a good companion to this talk, then well, um I'd love to see them
0: yeah, and what what I think would would just be. Like I said, like I'll I'll take a picture each direction to just so mm-hmm. to show the, the the Colorado Eastern oh, yeah. Plains because it's yeah. it, it I it's probably more like um, Nebraska <laughs> than it is Illinois. Mm-hmm. It's it's just not lush. Mm-hmm. The well, you know, because you're familiar mm-hmm. with here, but I think farming and
3: I'm from Oklahoma, west northwestern oh. Oklahoma. So I'm I was born and raised in the in the. Uh, the desolate yeah, <laughs> expanse. Right. Well, um,
0: yeah, before the earthquake started happening, huh? Did yeah,
2: right, yeah, Did you know right, there's yeah,
0: 896 totally. earthquakes like
3: s- yeah. in the
0: last three years? And previous to that, there I were mean, like the two in high. 100 yeah. years <laughs> or something crazy. Oh,
3: yeah, yeah. I mean, talk about how much destructive power humans have over just about everything. I mean, we can even cause tectonic yeah. disasters. <laughs> yeah. we have we we know no bounds you know we, yeah, right. we're very creative with our destruction the really. thing
0: is though but, the thing that I notice is like you talk about power and, and influence but we just don't know how to mm-hmm. really notice it sometimes or assess what's happening because when I um, the last time I did take um, turkeys or I guess I sold some turkeys and I I, um, oh man, what, um, it, whenever I've, well, the, with turkeys especially, there's something going on with them, but when I've, um, done something that changed the order of their things, like sold some, or butchered some, or gave some to Mm -hmm. somebody else to butcher, um, like, the woman that came with her pickup to load the cages, Backed mm-hmm. in, backed into the fence post and knocked out her rear view, fear, her um, mm-hmm. her um, tail lights, and uh-huh. smashed the tailgate so she couldn't open it to let him out. It's just like every time I've made yeah. an effort against their will without asking permission and right. um, you know being super respectful, you know like. Mm-hmm. And being slow and intentional in my movements, I mm-hmm. I got a little fracture in my in my um, collarbone one time just simply moving mm. some, and I I just I just looked at my helper and I said, oh, I should have talked to him first. I mean, tripping. Mm-hmm. Uh, I when 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 I know that I ultimately am really happy and enjoying it and respectful, which which is the product of being respectful things just mm-hmm. don't happen but when i'm mm-hmm. hurried and i'm not really um yes having the best interest of all in mind yeah these crazy yeah. tripping spraining my ankle yeah. walking in yeah. and getting a big bang in my face picking up something and it scratches across my forehead and i've got a scratch to yeah. deal with the public you know I it's You're not being so mindful, clear. Right? Well, yeah, but it's it's almost like um, those forces are immediate. You know, with nature. Sure. You know, just yeah. And I Well, it, I think it's
3: hilarious that that so many jobs call for so many jobs uh, want you to be a multitasker, and I think it's just hilarious because
0: backfire. You know, the more huh? we
3: multitask, the more we are klutzes and we you know are full of disease and anxiety.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, and you can't be intentional. You don't even know why you're doing what you're doing if it's you're
3: so automatic
0: right. that rushing is the huh? the the purpose, yeah. not not actually Always
3: thinking about something else.
0: Yeah. So um but I yeah. think but I think like I think nature really does uh, we don't know how to notice it sometimes but but I always think if I really respect everything that lives here including the predators and the rest of nature then um mm-hmm. then when there's a tornado that comes through eastern colorado it's just not going to hit my house like you know what i mean <laughs> like there's bigger forces mm-hmm. that that um mm-hmm. we think we understand but our minds are really mm-hmm. so small in the in the intelligence that lives in nature or that mm-hmm. that we're we're a small part of that intelligence that is nature, that's what I mean. I mean, I don't think we're separate from nature, but our intelligence is is so often humbled if we really look at the bigger picture and the forces that really are at hand, you know.
3: Oh, I mean the more you do this work the more you realize you don't know anything about yeah. anything. You just, <laughs> right. you're just you're just reckoning with it constantly. Yeah,
0: right. <laughs> well
3: Well, I know that Something is shifted in me talking to you and I hope that when people hear this that oh. something shifts in them too. How's that for wrapping like, it up? Like
0: crazy people are out there living in the woods.
3: <laughs> They're
0: actually <laughs> well, really bad. alive out there. But anyway <laughs>
1: Take right. care Barbara.
0: Yeah, thanks Joe. Good to talk to you. You too. Bye bye.
1: To hear more episodes featuring interviews with agriculturists, artists, and activists on the front lines of the food movement, and to read my essays on everything from zucchini to zen, visit dharmaonthefarm.com. Until next time, farm on.